Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast, talking again about what happened in this week's uh, big debate, Republican debate, what happened outside the big Republican debate. Joining us to discuss that is A.J. Kaufman. You see him right here. He's got a new post up. Of, well, not new as you're as you're listening to this, but uh, he does have a post up about the debate, uh, breaking down the uh, winners and losers of the debate, as well as a person who didn't show up for the debate. Uh, A.J., welcome back. I am not a skinny guy with a funny last name, but I am here. <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't the first skinny guy with a funny last name either. That was uh, Vivek Ramaswamy's, uh, I exactly. guess, homage to Barack Obama is a sort of a strange thing to throw into a GOP debate. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I was I did not react well to Vivek Ramaswamy, probably because it was colored. My perception of him was probably colored somewhat by his playing footsie with uh, 9-11 truthers a couple days prior to the debate. But I do have to say that there's, you know, there's, there's some evidence now that he may have, uh, you know, hit the target here. A uh, Washington post poll. I just saw this uh, a few minutes ago as um, Ron DeSantis uh, was declared the winner by 29% of uh respondents in this WAPO slash 538 slash Ipsos poll, Ipsos being the engine, I, I presume, for doing this. But Ramaswamy got 26%. Haley came in third with 15%. I mean, so I'm, th I'm throwing that at you. Does that surprise you? No, it doesn't. I mean, uh, it is a WAPO poll. It's not a Twitter poll or a Drudge Report poll. You may remember those Drudge Report polls in 2015 and 16 where the debate would start at 9 o'clock Eastern at 9.02 Donald Trump will be declared the winner of the debate with 88% saying he won the debate. Right. right so, yeah. But I assume there's a little more science behind the uh, WAPO poll. I'm a little surprised that DeSantis won because I, I thought he was, um, he not, people didn't attack him that much. Maybe that helped him, but I thought right. he was a little bit lackluster on some issues. I didn't, he's still trying to find that lane between courting the Trump supporters who are never going to probably go to him, most of them, and the traditional conservative lane that, Haley and Scott and Pence occupy. Uh, Vivek obviously is not worried about anyone but the Trump supporters. Um, he, he probably is taking supporters away from Trump, <clears throat> and um, but he's getting attention. He's obviously a well-spoken, uh, energetic guy. Um, but his the, the week and a half prior to the debate, 9/11 <laughs> conspiracy theories, um, saying nice things about Putin and about the Chinese imperialists, and even kind of drawing moral equivalence between Israel and the Islamists in the Middle East around them. Um, and then, of course, the personal attacks and some of these straw men setups during the debate to get applause um, did not impress me personally. Um, he, but he may, he may, he probably is, uh, in my opinion, running to be in the cabinet or vice president of a potential Trump ticket. Uh, and that is uh, what people like about him. Uh, at the same time, to donate money to this guy and get behind him knowing he's I don't know that he's really running for president as much as as an ambassador for Trumpism. Yeah, you know, it, it almost seemed like he was a bit of a stalking horse for Trump. First off, he sort of adopted Trump's debate strategy, which is to insult everybody else on the stage Correct. and force them to come to him. Ron DeSantis very notably did not take the bait. Um, and and I think that that was one of the things that that means he had a very disciplined debate. I, I mean, I think you can, there's been a couple of quibbles since then. Uh, it's come up one with the raising the hands thing, which I think is a ridiculous debate uh, moderator tactic in debate. It, it is. It is. I agree. Um, 
and then not not being gracious enough to to give Mike Pence's due for standing up for the Constitution. I thought Chris Christie had a really nice moment with that. I think he did. Uh, I think it, I think he was correct too. I think uh, I think everyone kind of stood with Pence on that, but Santos took a while. I think they had to ask him three times before he kind of said, "Yeah, Christie, you, you did." Well, a good I mean, job. his argument was, "Why are we still talking about this? Why are why are we talking about this?" And finally, the third time, he says, "I've already answered this before." Yeah, Mike did his job. I have no beef with Mike. Um, and um, but I think it would, you know, it would have been gracious just to say, "Yeah, I thought." I thought Mike stood up for the Constitution. Here's why I think this is stupid. But I mean, I think that was really the only notable mistake that this is a little made. bit is a little bit wishy-washy on Ukraine. His position is certainly, in my opinion, better than Vivek Ramaswamy's, but not as not as strong as the others because he he's not you know going to echo Tucker Carlson talking points like Vivek will, but he's also not going to be unequivocal talking about supporting Ukraine, like Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and others. So again, Haley. trying to find that middle ground and saying, you know, we, we got to be careful. We got to, you know, he's not, he's not giving the cliches about, you know, if we weren't giving money to Ukraine, we would have already cured poverty in America and secured the border and cleaned up Maui and East Palestine all at the same time in one day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Haley was very good on it. Haley, Haley was very strong on foreign policy. I think Haley did better. You know, like we should really start running down the list here. Um, Go so ahead. we started off with it. We started off with this, right? We started off talking about the poll from, and we'll see other polls that the campaigns will have their own metrics, whatever. Um, there's these are not terribly scientific things, regardless of. I mean, it's better than like you said, a Twitter poll. Um, but uh, you know, it's not terribly scientific. I will say this: the one thing that I found interesting about the Wapo Ipsos five thirty eight poll was they were actually polling before the debate and after the debate. And so there was also a metric that they compared between the two sets, which was um, the percentage of people, the percentage of respondents that were willing to consider this person for a nomination. Now, DeSantis is actually ahead of Trump in this, 67% to 61% after the debate. And he moved up maybe a couple of points in the course of the debate. So he didn't lose anything, right? Basically, he stayed the same because when you're dealing with the margins of error in this thing, I don't think you can say, oh, he gained three points. I, I think that's just basically margin of error. Um, Trump basically stayed the same place he was at before, 61%. Um, but Haley picked up 17 points in between those two samples. She went from 29% to 46%. And I think that that's actually probably, um, I think that's actually a thing. I think people, I think she may have surprised people by how strong she, um, I, I think she probably story. did. Um, interesting numbers. I mean, you're a data guy, um, even more than I am. And that, I like the before and after from those polls. Um, Haley's had a tough six months. I mean, she was the first one in after Trump, Trump got in like the day after the midterm. So it's kind of hard to compare, but, uh, Haley was, I think right around Valentine's day, she got in. So it's over six months. And she hadn't gained any traction. I don't, I'm not exactly sure why. I think she's an attractive candidate and, and obviously has the experience and probably would be a dynamite general election candidate. I can't imagine she wouldn't defeat Biden by attracting suburban women and, and really, really not being as vulnerable to attacks as Trump or DeSantis or some others. Um, but she hadn't gained traction. But last night was a, I think I call it a vintage performance by her. Um, mm -hmm. She seemed informed, uh, compelling. I think on foreign policy, she eviscerated Ramaswamy, in my opinion. Um, and she had she understands right from wrong, good and evil. And she even had a nuanced position 
on abortion, which whether you agree with it or not, and I haven't really decided, frankly, which side I'm on with that. She had a very nuanced, and I hate that word, but that's what her position was. Um, and I think overall, she made every second count because I believe, and you correct me if I'm wrong on these numbers, when it came to the um, amount of time that each person spoke, she was not high up. It was like Pence, Ramaswamy, Christie, yeah. DeSantis, and then maybe Haley was fifth at best. I think she may have been... I think she may have been fifth. Yeah, I saw that graphic that went out, but CNN did the calculation immediately after yes. the debate. It's a fun job to have counting those seconds, I'll tell you. Can you imagine stopwatch, 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 stopwatch? Um, <laughs> Intern didn't do that. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got you got eight people doing this is what you've got. Uh, so, yeah, you know, by the way, I'll just go over the, the numbers of the polls. It was... Um, 775 potential Republican primary or caucus voters who watched the August 23rd debate. Results have an error margin of plus or minus four percentage points. So you know, at least a decent mm -hmm. size sample here. We're not talking about a focus group of 23 people, right? We're talking about a decent size sample. And I think that when you pick up 17 points from one point to the other point, that that says something. And, and I will say this. I mean, when I was writing my 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 analysis this morning, and I was on with Hugh Hewitt uh, last night. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, you know, you have to do these things in sort of a snap mode, right? You you're going based off of your your own perceptions of of go going through this. And you know, my my analysis was not short. Um, I can say this today because it will be it will not be uh, a spoiler by the time this airs. But I think it is. Um, Somewhat appropriate that the Wordle answer for today was wordy. <laughs> I, I just said you were seventeen hundred word analysis. You were, you were you were loquacious with the pen and the keypad I, this morning. Yeah, you might even say that um, I had diarrhea of the keyboard. It's uh, you know, and that's a, that's a, that's a trait that I know about of myself, right? So, so I'm aware. I'm aware. Send you got to have word, word got to have word limits. At sometimes you got to cut yourself off at eight hundred or twelve hundred and just. This is the reason why an editor is actually a pretty good thing, but you don't have to worry about, you know, space on a, on a blog, except for the fact that you're going to tire readers out. Yeah, um, right. But, um, but, you know, it's, it was a long debate and there was a lot of people to cover and there was a lot of stuff to cover. I, I mean, I wouldn't take any of that stuff out, but I just, I just found it interesting that the wordle of the day was wordy. And, uh, and then I wrote my post. Um, actually, I wrote the post before I, before I solved the wordle puzzle. <laughs> This, this 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 isn't uh, we don't need to discuss this today but th this might be one of the last debates ever and i mean that in the sense there's only one scheduled the rest of this term they may add some if biden and trump are the nominees oh, no. we are not seeing debates and that that might be the end of the debate era in this country i mean i'm being a little bit hyperbolic but something makes me wonder like i enjoy them but you know there's only one more scheduled this this round at this point you know, I, I don't know that i enjoy them I kind of dread them to be honest with you. Uh, only once every eight, four years, eight years. I mean, <laughs> there, there's usually 15 of them every four years. You right, know? Well, they're not going to be 15, so you should be happy. I should be happy because I don't think it's a, a particularly useful format, right? Not uh, with eight people. No, with three or four, maybe. Yeah, I mean, one on one, definitely. Maybe. Well, I look. Ed, four tops. Right? I'd be for. I'd be for. Lincoln Douglas style out in the public park, six hours, no moderator, two people. I'd be, I'd bring a glass of fruit punch and a cupcake and I'd just sit there all day, but that's not what we have. It's not what we have. Um, and maybe we, an think about that. <laughs> maybe we should think about that because what happens to the candidates who just don't break through, you know, like, like and that leads us to Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson, doesn't it? Well, and Tim Scott, 
right? Yeah, Tim had a Tim did not have his best night. It's not his best format. It's not his format. He's he's much better extemporaneously up on the stump, mm-hmm. striding across the stage with the microphone. Mm-hmm. Yes, not this is not his strength. Um, and and he did not have a great night last night. I like Tim Scott, and I think he'd make a. I think he'd make a good president if he if he somehow could manage to get a nomination and get elected. But I don't mm-hmm. know that he's a guy who could get elected or even get the nomination because of the way that we run these things. And right. so I'm not necessarily going to lament if these debates disappear. Um, but I don't think that they're going to because I think there's just too much demand for it. Yeah, well, that's true. Um, but but I think it's better when they're... Um fewer people and I would I'd spread at least a month between them and we do have that and I'm, I'm interested to see what the RNC does in terms of the rest of the fall and even early winter after the first primary could they start cutting back but if they're not going to involve the, the so-called corporate mainstream media it's going to be all on Fox or maybe they'll throw a bone to Newsmax or some or Twitter or some internet company Salem. 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 oh was yeah. that a, was that a plug for the Morrissey hosting hey Sure. I, I just got done saying how much I don't like the format. Let's put me in charge. Live from Nacogdoches, Texas. <laughs> Do you have them at Stephen F. Austin State there in Nacogdoches, Texas? I don't know. I don't know. I think we can think we can I think we can rustle up something live from a cow patty out in Nacogdoches, Texas. It's uh, the, in, the, in the summer. Yeah. In the summer. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, it's exactly right. It's 112 <laughs> degrees in the shade out here. Come on out for it. Whoever, whoever manages to survive is survivor. <laughs> could, you could also do it in International Falls, Minnesota in January for the other extreme. There you go. There you go. Okay, and if so. you survive both of those extremes, well, I'll give you the nomination. Bergen would do well. He's from North Dakota. So getting back to the, the people who didn't really, who really didn't catch fire. I mean, you take a look at this, and the only three people in this WAPO poll to get double digits, right, mm-hmm. as the winner of the debate, whatever that means, were Ramaswamy, well, DeSantis, in order, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, Haley. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, it's single digits. Mike Pence gets 7%. And Mike Pence had a lot to say. He it's did have a lot to say. He was very assertive. Yeah. Didn't, didn't help. <laughs> At least not, at least not according to these, you know, he got a lot more time. I mean, he might got the most time. He, he got a lot more time than I thought. And if he doesn't get a bump now, um, you got to wonder what his future is. And he, he, if, if he's even going to get to the promised land of Iowa, where I think he's resting his potential campaign future there, but he was, you know, he had a lot, he was feisty. He, uh, I think he was correct, obviously. And what he did on January 6th and he, he argued with Vivek and, and, uh, other than that, you know, I think he it's a tough job for him, Ed, because he has to defend the Trump administration. At the same time, he has to basically explain why he thought it was a threat to democracy for the final two weeks when he became president, essentially. <laughs> you know, but but AJ, I mean, there were two different Mike Pence's on stage and neither one of them really worked for me. And I like Mike Pence. I've seen him a, a long time. And the problem with Mike Pence is that he gets this sort of self-important delivery thing where he slows down, he looks down, and then- Pastor Mike. Which is fine if you're going to be a pastor. And he does that better than Ted Cruz does. I will say that, right? <laughs> yes, he does. So he does. More authentic, Mr. Ted's not more authentic for Mike Pence to do that. But it is an affectation, right? That's not how Mike Pence converses with people normally. And then with that, you got mean Mike Pence, right? I'm going to go after you. I'm going to eviscerate you. You know, you, you know, let me slow down and use small words for you, uh, Vivek. And it's like, 
And and and, and bear in mind, because I went back and checked the transcript on this. Ramaswamy had not insulted Mike Pence. He had contradicted Mike Pence, but he hadn't right. he insulted Mike Pence yet at that point. It was immediately after that that Ramaswamy started insulting and attacking everybody. And Mike Pence said, let me slow down and use small words for you. I mean, hadn't, hadn't Pat Ramaswamy already attacked Chris Christie, or maybe he had already been called the chat GPT robot by that point? No, it was he after was already, that. Okay, that was after was already, that. They were both in a feisty mood, or Vivek was, but yeah, I understand. Well, you knew it was coming, right? I mean, I, I, you could see it coming. It was coming. But no, that was very early on. It was one of the first exchanges with Ramaswamy. He had just introduced himself basically as, well, I'm the outsider and it's time for, you know, if you, if the car is breaking down, you don't go back to the old generation of mechanics, you get a new generation of mechanics, whatever it was. It was, but it was, you know, it wasn't aimed at anybody. It wasn't personal, right? And Pence made it personal. And then of course, Ramaswamy just got personal with everybody doing the whole Trump personal attack thing. He, he was Trump Jr., Trump's grandchild he was he was he was trump's proxy well proxy. yeah ambassador proxy. That's, that's the right that's the right word he was trump trump's proxy and i think it's notable that the people who really liked ramaswamy are basically in the trump camp so that's the question ed you know all these candidates talk about coalescing eventually around someone who could possibly go one-on-one -on -one with trump whether it's desantis or haley or someone but we hear about Trump's ceiling, 45, 50, 55%. But I would assume if Ramaswamy's getting double digits now, the majority of those Ramaswamy supporters are Trump people. Maybe a few are DeSantis. Oh, yeah. but So yeah. Trump has a higher ceiling than even the polls let on because we always were led to believe that almost all of Trump supporters are with him and, and there's no one else they're going to support. But a lot of them do like the kid from Cincinnati, Ohio, because he is a miniature version of Trump. He's an acolyte and he's espousing the same kind of personal attacks and similar populistic policies and, and jargon. Well, yeah, but I mean, that, that's, he's hardly alone in that, right? Because we start, we heard some of that from other people. No, but he's the, uh, he has the most of it. He's the most, he's very yeah, well he has the most of it. But I mean, so yeah, I mean, I, the idea that he's collecting his own base, I think is a little suspect. I think what he's collecting are people that like Trump, but because Trump's not in the debate, they'll swing over to Ramaswamy for the purposes of, knocking out Ron DeSantis, knocking out Nikki Haley, uh, to a certain extent, the others who are on stage. And both of us wrote extensively about that. I want to talk about Chris Christie. <laughs> I know it irritated people today. I, Chris Christie had a great debate. It's not going to do him a damn bitty good, and you can see it in the poll. Nobody wants Chris Christie as the nominee. But I thought he had a great debate. He was the most relaxed guy up there. He was the most relaxed guy up there. He was having the most fun up there. <laughs> and uh, and, and I think that um, I, I think he was a little disappointed that he couldn't go after Trump, for, you know, directly. But Ramaswamy made a pretty good stand in for him in that same sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually enjoyed Chris Christie being on stage. He was the only one up there um, who has been in a presidential debate. So far, so far as I know, I, I think of the other seven, none of them have ever run for president of the United States. Um he made some poignant remarks about the more you know, being president and what it means to be president. He turned he turned the silly UFO question. Sorry for the UFO fans out there. The, the awkward, silly Martha McCallum US, UFO question that was, was thrown at him. He turned that into a way to explain what a president is all about. Um, right. I think he was good on Ukraine. He talked about going there and what the consequences are. He had numbers and examples. And he talked about the January 6th attacks and how he won't, I believe the quote was, bow to anyone who disrespects the Constitution. And he got booed for that. 
But what he's saying is, I don't think anyone wants to bow to someone who disrespects the Constitution. Now, people can disagree whether or not Trump did that. Um, you know, I would say he disrespected it, but that's me. I'm not voting for Chris Christie or Donald Trump personally. So, um, yeah, I think Christie had a good night. He's a bit of a phony at times. Last time he ran, he was a bit of a phony, especially the way he backed out and ran to Trump's side. But I think he also had the had the high ground on a lot of issues last night and, and had a good evening. Well, I think I think uh, I think he had a really great debate. It's not going to do him a, a damn bit of good. I mean, so this is where you do the style points, right? <laughs> well, Christie gets ten out of ten for style, but you know, it's not, you know, doesn't count towards Chris Christie and style. Two words that uh. <laughs> <laughs> you liked the suit, didn't you? Okay. I did. The suit was great. Um mm -hmm. but the um but can we then, talk about Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchinson or are you just gonna leave me hanging? That's what I was gonna talk about. Uh, <laughs> I like Doug Burgum and they, they ended up basically in the same spot, which is basically afterthoughts, but they're two very different things because I thought Burgum had really good interesting things to say. And I thought Asa Hutchinson spent more time saying nothing <laughs> than anybody I've ever seen in a debate. <laughs> so, so I was like, what, what are you trying to say, man? I guess I can't remember a lot of what he said, so you may be right. But I think he had, you know, I think whether I wrote this or not, if this were 30 or 40, 50 years ago, uh, before the this era we're in, whatever you want to call this era, um, the, the the Twitter, Google, whatever era, right. social, media, social media yeah, era. So, social social media. Media. so so we only need to go back twenty years. Then this or two thousand, these two guys would be solid candidates. They're both successful governors of red states. Now you can argue that red states are easier to govern when you have when you're pretty much have an electorate that seventy percent supports you. But they're still North Dakota is a very difficult state in many ways to govern. And so is Arkansas. They're for different reasons. And they were successful. Bergam grew up in a town of 300 people and became a billionaire as a software engineer, a designer, sold his company to Microsoft. Hutchinson has incredible experience in the public sector. They're both cogent people. And, you know, obviously neither of them has a chance, but I thought they were, especially Bergam, I agree. I've seen him interviewed. I've heard him speak. I heard him at the, the Reagan dinner in Des Moines, I guess it was, a while back. He's excellent. Um, and, you know, they probably have a cabinet position for him if he in a Republican administration. But certainly this is not the era for guys like that. But I, I certainly didn't think they embarrassed themselves. You know, I well, I don't think Asa made it a case for him even being on the stage. Bergam did. Bergam had some really interesting things to say. You were talking about the abortion debate. And I thought yeah. his answer during the discussion, I would say, the abortion discussion was very good. And here's the thing about the abortion discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there, you know, my wife and I are kind of abortion absolutists, right? We, we are. So I'm all the way over on one side of this, but I recognize that the country's not there, right? I actually agreed in large part with everything everybody was saying <laughs> because they all were right about certain things, right? And so that's, to me, that was the interesting part of that. I think that they spent too much time on it. Did you notice, though, that Ramaswamy did not participate in the abortion discussion? I found that telling. It doesn't surprise me. I guess I, I guess I hadn't realized that. Not everybody participated in every single I think only he, only, only Christie and, and he did not um, participate in that. And that was, Christie's not a social conservative. I mean, he, he might be a social conservative, but it's not his, his MO. Not, and Ramaswamy being a populist, you know, he will say he's pro-life, but it's not his number one issue. So they weren't involved. I think everyone else is involved. And I do agree with you. It was a, that was a, 
that was the most interesting, introspective, erudite part of the debate. Um, and Bergen was also good, I'll mention, on energy, which makes yes. sense, being from North Dakota, and on China as a businessman. And not a businessman like some, Michael Bloomberg and others, who will pacify and appease China just to be you know, a businessman. Bergen actually understands the, the dangers there. Yeah, no, I, I thought he had a great line at the very beginning when he said, all we're doing is trading OPEC for Sinopec. Yeah, I love that line. I think I heard it, it was, before. It was a, well, I hadn't heard it before. It's a great line. I, I assumed that he, that this was. It's a, also a, accurate. Yeah. Good it's, lines it's, are right. better when they're accurate. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. And it was on point about energy. Um, and, um, you know, he was ahead of Haley on the whole battery issue. He talked about the battery issue. And then like 15 minutes later, the energy thing came up or China came up. I forget which one it was. And Haley basically said exactly the same thing. It was like, is she not paying attention? <laughs> Sometimes they have their talking points. Well, that was it. You know, and it's you have to force people off their talking points a little bit, which is why I like the abortion discussion. I just think that they needed to consolidate it a little bit more. This is um, there's other issues to talk about. But overall, I thought it was not a bad debate, you know, with the exception of the Ramaswamy distraction. um, (laughs) Sounds like a good movie. Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, the, the, the parallax view, the Ramaswamy distraction. Right, exactly. <laughs> like a 1970s, 1970s, you know, intrigue thriller, the yeah, Ramaswamy I'd... distraction. Yeah. Yep. Straight out of Cincinnati, Ohio and star- and uh, and uh, starring Vivek and uh, and Trump as his sidekick or vice versa. I want to know what uh, Ramaswamy's chili is. I, I didn't realize he was from Cincinnati. So I, I, you got to find out. What is chili? I, God, I hope it's Skyline because uh, Skyline is better than Gold Star. And, and I do take my chili seriously when I'm in Southwestern Ohio. Well, there you go. <laughs> that's what I'm That's what i talking about right there. Skyline is, the is, is I think, sort of the gold standard. I, I forget which one I had that I that I liked. And it was um, it was in this place where there's a lot of political meetings and stuff going on. It was it's it's not a chain. It was a one off. And I George Washington, there's a George Washington chili in a rough part of town. That's a, a single standing one, but uh, chili is taken seriously because it's, it's it's a topping chili. We don't need to get too into it, but it's got a little ginger, a little coconut. It's not a hearty chili, and you put it on your hot dog or your pasta. And if and if you're ever in northern Kentucky or southwest Ohio, um, you know that's the place to go. In and out in about 20 minutes, and your bill will be usually under 20 bucks for two people, and you're, you're good to go. Just make sure there's a rest area along the way. Yeah, if you're from the Southwest and you order chili, beware, yeah. it's not what you think it is. Right, that's true too. Very different than what Very. you think it is. But <laughs> uh, but it's good. As long as you're prepared for it, it's good. And uh, I enjoyed it when I was there. All right. Look, I mean, we got to talk a little bit about Trump. I know he's your favorite guy. <laughs> I got the uh, I got the Rambo poster right next to me on the wall. Uh, well, there you go. Um he didn't he didn't participate in this one. He's not going to participate in the next one. He was he did Tucker. Now I didn't watch that, but I read the entire transcript. You like reading transcripts, don't you? <laughs> I do. I'll, I'll tell you why. I read fast. A Trump transcript must be really interesting. There's got <laughs> the, well, way, I mean, the, the I mean, jargon that he uses. <laughs> it I mean it worked. I mean it was I was yeah. fine with it. And um the um the thing is, is that, you know, I, I know it got a lot of views on Twitter. Now that metric is. That's a very dubious. Twitter will tell you, Twitter will tell you that, you know, you got to be careful about how you view this thing. Because 
if you just scroll past it and it starts to roll, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a view. Um, it only takes one or two seconds to register. 250 million views in an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know. The I'm sure viewership ever. I'm sure that there were several million intended views. I mean, I, yeah, I'm sure of that because the Tucker's thing. There was nothing new in that interview. <laughs> Did you? I mean, well, did let, you me, let me read you my article. What I wrote because I didn't, I didn't listen, watch it, or even I forgot about it. And all I can say is I have an excerpt here saying I cannot imagine they discussed anything substantive other than grievance, grievance, and debunked conspiracies from three years ago. And I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they just maybe they discussed you know abortion. Maybe they discussed energy policy. But I Trump doesn't well, do policy. No, no, no. That's uh, that's not true. I mean, he talks about border policy in here. He does okay. talk about energy policy. Um, so there's some there were some policy discussions, but it's basically rehashing the the bullet points. And Tucker mm -hmm. really doesn't press on anything. I mean, Tucker talked to him about Jeffrey Epstein for crying oh, out loud. A vital issue in 2023. Jeffrey, do you think Jeffrey Epstein killed himself? <laughs> what the I, hell is that? And Trump probably I don't even want to know what he said, but not he important to the was, He actually didn't take a position. He just said, okay. "Well, I don't know." You know, good, smart. He came he came down a lot, and so maybe he was depressed. But on the other hand, who knows? It's you know, a lot of Epstein supporters out there would have been upset if he had taken a position. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, and that's not on Trump. That's on Tucker. No, that's conspiracy stuff. That's what Tucker thrives on. Yeah, I mean, he had an opportunity here to say, okay, look, I, I know that I know that this is going to be seen as a softball thing because Trump's just trying to upstage the debate, and I'm just trying to upstage Fox. But I'm going to at least make it worth people's while by asking a few tough questions, and there just wasn't any. Um, the the toughest he got in the interview was on Chris Wallace. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the part about Chris Wallace? No, I haven't paid attention to it at all because I figured most of it was not interesting to me, I honestly. You got to watch the part about Chris Wallace <laughs> or read the transcript of the part about- Yeah, I was going to say, I'll read the transcript because I, it's, apparently it's that's a, faster. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can tell you that's it the, is. That's the personal vendetta stuff. Even if you agree with Trump on that, I mean, it's just- Well, look, I mean, it's-, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's a personal vendetta, I think, or it, I don't even know if it's personal. You know, obviously Trump doesn't have anything nice to say about Chris Wallace, but neither does Tucker Carlson. Calls him a right, see a fussy little man. <laughs> well, that's 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 kind. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's gratuitous, right? And yeah, it's it overall gives the impression that here's a couple of guys who are collaborating, and rather than a, a journalist, you know. Really, I, I, I'm glad I didn't see it. I, I would just say about Trump, I, could, I still haven't decided whether he was smart or unwise to skip the debate. I mean, front runners don't usually skip debates. I think Reagan did one. Maybe Mitt Romney, when he's a front runner, did. Um, but maybe George Bush, the senior, the elder, did. But um, you know, going on Tucker kind of cements what I think you would agree with me on that that Trump is not not looking to broaden his appeal. You know, when you've when you've alienated or you're not going to get the votes of 60 to 65 percent of Americans. Um, going on Tucker is certainly not going to make that number go lower. Um, the, the caucuses are coming up faster than we realize. We're almost September and they're in mid-January. They're a little earlier. And, uh, but it won't matter because his supporters, in my opinion, have an emotional connection to him and nothing's going to dissuade them. They're not, they're not, they're into policy on some things, but you know, he's not going to change their, lose their support if he goes on Tucker and talks about conspiracy theories and Jeffrey Epstein. But, uh, on the other hand, could he have grab some supporters by being on stage last night and Maybe. i don't know with, with vivek there it's hard to say 
Well, I think if, if he's there, then maybe Vivek isn't, right? Or, well, <laughs> that's a good point. Or, or, or that they tag team, right? Um, interesting. But I, I think it was good for the other candidates to not have Trump on stage because it yes. really allowed them to talk about themselves. And other than the Vivek distractions, I think that there were some really good, interesting discussions and debate about actual policies. Um, I agree with that. And, I like, and the Democrats were, were, I know it's a cliche thing, it's part of their partisan, but to say that it was all MAGA up there all the time and nothing was discussed, is, it's just disingenuous. There were good discussions and it wasn't all MAGA all the time. So, you know, those press releases are really, really uh, just dishonest. Yeah, yeah. Um, welcome to, welcome to uh, primary I, policy. I write, right? I've written, I write press releases now for other entities, but I'm not, I'm, I try not to make them pure propaganda. You don't want to sell your soul, man. <laughs> well, you know, we're kind of at the end of this. I just want to ask you, well, I'll ask you your opinion on that question. Do you think that Donald Trump is going to reconsider after, after this? He was not really, other than the part that was specifically about Donald Trump, which everybody else on stage tried to limit and change the subject on. I mean, he wasn't really relevant to most of that discussion last night. Do you think that that's something that he will want to change and enforce that force that back? Or do you think it's going to take a, a, a real polling shift before he gets um, anxious enough to rejoin the debate uh, structure? I, I think he I think it, it might depend on whether they have debates in October, November, December, like they have in the past. Uh, I don't think he'll show up at Reagan Library unless he won't. It, he's, yeah. got a, he's got a beef with the Reagan Library anyway. Oh, well, of course he does. I, yeah. <laughs> OK, beef with Reagan Library. I add that to my list. OK, um, well, I think he'll eventually miss the the some of some of the gratuitous coverage from his supporters. He'll miss and he'll miss being out there. So if there are future debates in the fall and early winter, I think he will definitely reconsider. Um, I will say if it's Trump against Biden, I don't see any debates happening. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves there, but I don't see any debates, which would be a first in the past 60 years or so. So, yeah. um, but to answer your question, I think probably he will reconsider beyond the Reagan library. Um, regardless where the polls tighten, I think he'll, he'll want to get the attention. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I think maybe if it narrows down on stage, it'll be easier. Well, that too, right. That's a given. It's got to narrow down a little bit. Yes. All right, so that's what we'll watch for. What where can people watch for you, AJ? Well, they can they can read uh, my, the transcript of what I write. Um, is there a transcript for this podcast? There really should be. There actually is. I just don't usually post it in full. Oh, but, okay. but I I I I do have an AI thing that uh, Chat Zoom GPT. offers. Is Vivek Ramaswamy covering? It's this? Ramaswamy GPT. That's what I use. Is Ramaswamy GPT. That was, by the way. Chris Christie, that was that that nailed Ramaswamy. I'm sorry, that was a good. Oh, yeah. Everyone liked that, left and right. They all liked it. Yeah. Um, they can read me as always at lidblog.com. I do still get some articles in uh, IsraelNationalNews.com, and like I always say, if you pick up a small town paper or a business journal in Minnesota or Ohio or Southwest Virginia or parts of East Tennessee, you may come across my name. You probably will come across my name. Um, I'm, I'm everywhere at once. Um, that's the beauty of the internet. <laughs> that is indeed the beauty of the internet. All right. Well, AJ Kaufman, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon, sir. Thank you.